Law Matters Live show was created to give law enforcement a voice rather than a soundbite. And in doing so, we have also given you a voice with federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies, the legal community, government officials, and our military. Join us every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. You will hear truthful, up-to-date information that's valuable to you and your family. Please show your support by going to lawmatters1030.org and join our 1030 challenge. Your contributions do make a difference. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Our topic today will be rules of the road. And we have an expert in the studio. We have Sergeant Ryan, say your last name. Sachs. As in Fifth Avenue. Yes. Any relation? No, I don't get any of those proceeds either. I I was getting excited there for a second. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the rules of the road as it pertains to bicycles, motorcycles, pedestrians. We've seen so many things going on, and right now it's the wintertime, and we've got a lot of snowbirds. I don't know if they like being called snowbirds, but we've got a lot of people in southern Arizona right now, and it seems like they've brought all their driving habits from all these different states down here, and it doesn't seem like people want to stop for red lights or you know, slow down for yellow lights or maybe not run that bicycle off the road. What do you suggest for people to do in general now that it's wintertime and we have all these foreign drivers on our roads? Um, The rules of the road for cyclists, motorcyclists, they're the same for the most part. They're required to follow the same rules as a driver. As a a car. Yeah, as a car. There's some differences, but for the most part. But What I like to tell people is not only are you required to follow the rules of the road for the average, you don't want to get a ticket, whatever it is, you're, you're out there, you're exposed, right? You may be in the right on a, on a bicycle and you meet a car and we've all heard the lug nut rule, that vehicle that has the most lug nuts wins. I've never heard that. Yeah. There's the lug nut rule. So whoever has the most (laughs) lug nuts usually wins and bicyclists don't have lug nuts at all. And so I always tell people you could be right. And the other driver could be in the wrong, but with the exposure that you have on a motorcycle or a cycle or bicycle, you're you're going to take the brunt of that accident. So you, and I took a motorcycle safety class about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and one of the instructors said, you've become responsible for everyone else's driving when you get on a motorcycle or a bicycle. And that was information I kind of took to heart because they're right. I mean, you're... Yeah. You could be right, and then you get hit, and it's like I wish I would have. I wish I could have done something different and yeah. not be here on the ground. <laughs> you, yeah, you have to be smart enough to watch everything that's going on around you. Yes, and predict and look at. And when you mention, you know, snowbirds, I, I I ride exclusively downtown almost now for work, and it isn't just out of state plates. You know, when people get downtown, and Tucson doesn't have a huge downtown. But you will notice people, you can tell they don't know exactly where they're going. They're That's sick. because everything's under construction. Everything's under construction. <laughs> There's one ways in any downtown. You know, people yeah. just get confused and, and, you know, it's it's tight spaces down there. But you can see a car and you'll see the turn signal go. And you're like, they're about to go down the wrong way on a one way. Nope, they're going the next one. You know that they've got other things going on in that car. They're a little lost. Stay away from that car. Just yeah. avoid it because whatever it is, it's nobody's fault. They're just, you know, they're confused downtown. And I just say, just stay away because it's going gonna, it's gonna to end poorly. It, typically, it ends poorly. Yeah. These, I've seen bicycles that have motors on them, but they're not motorcycles. 
okay, how do the rules apply to those? They sound like sewing machines going down the road. How do the rules apply to them? Are they considered a motorcycle? It depends, and and I don't know the exact. When they get to a certain engine size, certain speeds, then they start to apply mo- more as a as a motorcycle and, and where they're used. And what I always tell people is when you're walking, when you're riding, there's a certain speed that is expected. And I think it's, there's something about, about a 12 mile an hour pace. I think that's what segways used to be governed at. And that's kind of a walking pace. When you get on one of those little motorcycles and you're in the bike lane, but you're doing 35 40 miles an hour, people aren't expecting that. You're not really acting as a bicycle anymore. You're really a motorcycle, and you're not. And so, once again, whether the law applies perfectly, I would take that away from, are you going to get hurt? Are you going to be coming? You know, someone's just not going to see you because they're not expecting someone to be doing 35, 40 miles an hour in the bike lane. And a lot of times when I see the people riding, those those are not the most safety-equipped you know, they don't have good brakes. They don't have those features that you could stop at 35 miles an hour. I mean, 35 miles an hour is pretty fast to go down when you're wearing pajamas like on a bike. You know, that's that's beyond yeah. a car accident. That's that's some, that's some high speed. I've, I've seen, and this was only a couple of weeks ago, um, a skateboard that was motorized. Yes. And, you know, he was in the bike lane going down the street passing everybody it is like, oh my God, how fast do those things go? What rules apply to those? So I've seen those, and I talked to a kid at the U of A, and he said he paid $1,200 for the skateboard. And I was like, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. But then he said he doesn't have to pay for parking. He can bring a skateboard into his dorm room every night. And I was talking to him, and he, the way he explained it to me was kind of good. He tries when he's on that and he's in the bike lane, he tries to go straight like a cyclist would, and he follows all the rules. And I don't know if the speeds are going in those bike lanes. I don't know. If you put them on a downtown sidewalk, I don't, it wouldn't be safe. You got people and kids kind of going, they're going too fast for that. What about these, these, and I guess you can rent them by the hour or the minute or whatever those, they look like scooters. I don't know what you call them. The rate, well, I, I don't know the branding, but yeah, they have like Bird, I think, and some other Razor. They have the scooter rentals downtown. They're all over the place. What, how, what rules apply to them? Is that still rules of the road? Still rules of the road. Even and though they're on a sidewalk? They're, they're on, and, the, and the thing I've seen with them is we see a lot of them downtown. And to be honest, some of their behavior that I've seen them driving, you kind of go, that doesn't look safe. But I can't think of any collision that we've been to with any of those. And I think with that, the rental, and they're so readily available, it's more of a are they being used right or not? And when you step out of that realm of following the rules of the road or making good decisions and you start going against the crosswalk signals and you're going the wrong way down the sidewalk, that's when you open yourself up to getting hurt. And, and I'll pull that aside from, uh, is it against the law? Is it against the rules? Is you can get, you can get hurt and you can get going those speeds and you hit the side of a car and you can get hurt pretty bad. Especially when I see, I've had a few talks with parents about, letting their kids hop on those things and zip around downtown. I'm like, that kid's having fun, but they're down here playing with 2,000-pound cars, and they're zipping in and out of the road. That's That can end poorly because the kids just, they don't see that. They don't see the cars coming. They don't have that 
as you become older and start driving, you get a feel for the road. They just don't have that. Or you see an adult and they have a child on the scooter when they're not supposed no helmets. No helmets. Just. And it, and not to be the fun police, you know, it looks like they're having a good time, but, you know, that... Come on, you're the fun police. I know, I know, but I just try to tell people, you know, we, the scooters are brought down there and everyone wanted us to to do a bunch of enforcement and stuff. And they're like, well, this is a big decision that everyone's made to put these things out there. Let's not just lump it on us to make sure that everyone's safe. It's corporate litter. They're everywhere. They're laying down all over the place. It's just a mistake. They that's, are well used. I, I'll be the fun police. They're a mistake. <laughs> well, I've I've met with like the Fourth Avenue Merchants Association, and it's funny when you sit in their meetings, you've got a fifty-fifty split of, and they're not neutral. It's they love them or they hate them. They hate them. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't ridden on one. Maybe if I got on one, I'd have a good time and say yay. <laughs> but <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. When there's a couple of roads in town that I think bicycles should be banned from you know just put a sign up there with a bicycle with a that circle and the cross through it from river to sunrise there's campbell la hacendido sol and pontotoc i don't think bikes should be on those roads they don't have a bike lane they're not safe they're hilly and i was driving southbound on uh, hacienda del sol came over the hill and there were four bicycles bicyclists abreast and one actually in oncoming traffic lane going down the road at a very snail pace (laughs) holding up traffic by the time we got to the other end where people could turn left or right it was like this caravan of vehicles behind them they didn't merge into one lane to let everybody pass they just stayed in the lane you know going very slow (laughs) what's up with that is that allowed is that legal no, it's. I've been in Tucson now for 21 years, and when I first moved here, I was out on Old Spanish Trail, and it's amazing the whole two bicyclists abreast thing. Even that's ridiculous. It, it's funny, is everyone has that they know it in this town. I don't think there's many people that know that you can't have more than two abreast. But it's funny, is we've all seen it, we've all heard it, and I have seen and and I've been riding downtown now for a decade. The share the road is always, I think you should share the road with me, and I think you should share the road with me. It doesn't seem like I feel like I should share the road with you. On, and I shouldn't say that as a general, but there's always the, the people that are like, no, we're good here. This is You need to share the road with us. And it's like, well, but you're not sharing the road with us right now. And so, yeah, that is an offense, and it is frustrating, and it does give cyclists a bad name. And they could have gotten killed. Because if I was driving with any great speed at all, when I got over that hill and all of a sudden they were there, it could have been an ugly scene. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the the four-wheeler, four-wheeler, the car would get in trouble, you know, get the bad rap in the media because, oh, they hit that bicyclist. Well, the bicyclists doing what they were supposed to do. I think that Tucson has been a, it's a very bike-friendly city. And, and if you look at the stats i've cyclists get cited and a lot of times really yes and the other thing is can you send a picture well and the other thing you'll see a lot of times in an article will they'll say you know like a a cyclist was struck and killed and they'll say you know the driver's cooperating and there's no charges pending a lot of times that can mean the driver really didn't do anything to cause the accident and so obviously 
that's why there would be no citation and and especially downtown it's in the u of a the u of a and i say downtown because i work in the in the downtown entertainment district which is basically the area around congress they Uh, have entertainment downtown yes yeah yes (laughs) our our joke is nobody comes downtown because it's too crowded uh it's it's a very it's amazing on the weekend days and especially like mother's day because um, I started downtown in 2011, and it was quiet. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Where did you come from? I came from Minneapolis. What did you do in Minneapolis? I actually w- made spinal implants. Ouch. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Uh, yeah. I, and then you I got didn't this job. implant them. You just no, made. just made them. Just a yeah, manufacturing okay. job at a medical device company. I was going to school up there to become a police officer. And my buddy says, did you know that our winters in Tucson are not terrible? And I said, I've heard about this good weather, um, you know. And so I, I came down here and tested and got hired in 2000, 2001-ish. You should be a recruiter. Yeah, we, I've tried. Yeah? I've got a few people down here. Yeah. A couple people went up to Phoenix, but yeah. Yeah, we need we need more law enforcement down here. We're hurting. I think they're hurting up there, too. <laughs> Everybody, the entire country and every agency. You can't even just say, oh, it's that agency. It's every agency. They can't find qualified people, which is really sad because that to me is, okay, how did you raise your child? And they don't qualify? There could be. He's he's okay, he's thinking. (laughs) No, I'm not thinking. There is also, it's not that you don't meet the qualifications or whatever. You just don't, you don't have the personality. Don't have the spirit. You don't have the spirit. You don't have that. You, you know. don't want to help people. No, it might not be that. It's just not, you know, we've had people, I, and I used to train rookies, and, and they'd be great. They'd be friendly. They'd be real talkative. But they just didn't have that, I guess, that next gear to be like, you know, it's great to be a good customer service rep and be happy. But there's times when we go into people's lives, and, and we don't make them happy, right? We they we bring the consequences sometimes for their actions. That and spinal thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that it, I mean that's kind of a, it's not they're great people and, and there was one in the academy with me he was he turned 50 in the academy and he went out he was a retired military person and he went out and did a day in the field and he said I can't do this he said I'm 50 years old he was a pretty high ranking military guy in the air force here he said I just don't want to deal with, with other people's garbage well no he just said I just don't want to be dealing with people's lives in that critical moment that every day capacity. anymore it's just not for me and, and it's it's tough yeah it's not an easy thing it and it's a calling yeah if you want to be you know a civil servant and you're a civil servant it's a calling you want to be able to help people even in their darkest moment yeah absolutely so you've been doing it for you said you're in your twilight you don't look twilighted to me I, uh, 21 <laughs> years doing it so i started in 2000 so yeah i mean that's, it's been an interesting 21 years of law enforcement. You know, that's part of it. No two days are the same. No. There's there's always something going on. You don't know what your next call is going to be. But you know that with the training and everything, and I, I hear our academy is really something to be proud of. Yes. You're basically prepared to handle anything. Yeah, no two calls are the same, but you have that experience under your belt of, you know, kind of just going through, what do I have here? It's the basic. I mean, you're going to have extreme situations that are going to tax anyone. I mean, we've had a few here recently, but, you know, we hate to use the term routine, 
but there is a certain point that you get to where it's like, all right, I've been through, this one's different, but I've been through enough of these to just go through the process of working through what's there, fixing There's a it. protocol. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes, you ne- like you said, you never know what's coming next. So, okay, let's get back to the rules of the road. <laughs> this is Arizona, and I know, you know, every state has their own little idiosyncrasies when it comes to rules of the road. But a flashing red light would mean what? Here and in Minnesota and Illinois and from Chicago, a flashing red light means what? Stop and proceed when clear. Okay. <laughs> How come people don't do that? I don't know. I The same reason, like you said, we've become this kind of melting pot of people's driving habits from all over the country. <laughs> and that comes with the good and the bad. So, yeah, I've seen that, too, where people are sitting. It's funny. When we roll up to a stop sign, everyone is there before we get there, but we'll ride up on our bikes, and everyone waits like we're supposed to go first. I'm like, no, you guys are all <laughs> supposed to be gone by now. Now you've delayed everyone, and, you know. And the person to the right, if you pull up to a stop sign together, the person to the right is the one that goes first. Yes, I have always I've always disliked that. I'm a big fan of, no, 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 you go, let them go. Because you're always like, well, I was there a split second. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, go, go, go. I will let people go. I will yeah. wave people through if there's any doubt or something. I'd rather wave them through than have them in my back seat. Exactly. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> like, well, I, I think I had the right away. I'm like, well, did you make contact with the other guy? Did you wave them through? It's did like, you, no. Yeah. And they're like. Make eye contact. And yes. that's something people don't do. And especially with bicycles around the U of A. Those bicycles are crazy. They don't, you know, they're trying to get to class or whatever they're doing. And you've got your right turn signal on and they're in the right side of the road and you're going to turn and they see the that you're going to turn and they, they T-bone you anyway. So always wait for that bicycle to go by. However it is, make contact, some type of hand gesture, whatever it is. And be Even nice, cars. Not, not the one finger salute. <laughs> not that hand gesture. No, I, you know. As people always say, well, what is what's up with cyclists in this town? And and cyclists is such a broad term. I mean, there's a big difference between someone who goes out, puts on their road gear, gets on their road bike, and they head out on Old Spanish Trail to do a two-hour ride at 30 miles an hour, and a six-year-old kid riding his bike through the neighborhood. But they're both cyclists. Right. You know, but it's kind of when you start what you're doing while you're riding and where you go – and when you start going out on the road, I mean, riding downtown, I've been doing it for a decade now, cars, pedestrians, bikes, we're all kind of the same speed. But when yeah, I that's was, downtown. Yeah, but when I worked out east, you know, we were out riding on Broadway out by Houghton and traffic's going by at, you know, I'm sure the posted speed limit, which is for whatever, but, <laughs> you know, and it was Nobody a lot... Nobody was sc- speeding. It was a lot <laughs> scarier out there. Oh, yeah. You know, when cars are moving at a different speed. So it's a different ride. Now, downtown, you have to worry about car doors opening and the dreaded streetcar tracks, which I've been there since, I think, 2013. I've kept a, a really good eye on them. I have never seen those streetcar tracks move. I've had cyclists tell me <laughs> that they did. I've had someone tell us the streetcar swerved at them. But I'm like, I can tell you that those streetcar tracks have been in the same spot in that road since they were laid down. I haven't seen a move. And I have fallen victim to them only once. He was coming after me. It was, it was, I was riding over him, crossing him like I did everything. And the next thing you know, you're sliding down the ground and you go, that probably was related to those streetcar tracks I was just riding over. 
<laughs> it's pretty funny. Okay. Other hazards in the road besides the bicycles. People in their wheelchairs. Now, and we were talking about this just before the show started. If you're come, going down the road and all of a sudden you see everybody stopped in all the lanes of traffic, everybody stopped, but your lane was opened, maybe you should stop. Maybe you should slow down. I saw, and I'm telling you, he missed this guy by a hair. I saw a car go blasting through and just missed this guy in a wheelchair crossing the street. And the, and the lights were flashing red and, you know, so you're supposed to stop, then go. And just because the person in front of you goes doesn't mean you can go with. You have to stop, too, and take your turn at stopping. I would say a little bit of situational awareness. I So when I first started, I had the area right by Park Mall. And it's three lanes. And then there's the in right directions. Yeah. And there's the right lane for buses and cyclists. And it was a very common occurrence it was kind of it was kind of funny is there'd be one guy sitting here holding you know he's letting people turn left in front of him and the person making a left-hand turn you know, some guy in the right lane gives him the hey go ahead when the guy makes the left turn well here comes the city bus in its lane and hits him and he's like well that guy said i could go and i'm like <laughs> well that's just some guy in a car and he just waved you into oncoming traffic like you can't see where you're going and i see it downtown and you see it i mean school zones We've really, I mean, they're such a hot button, you know, that people really do a fairly decent job. And obviously they could do better. But but when you get into areas like the crosswalks around town, it's like three other lanes of traffic, you know, are stopped almost dead. And you rip through it like 55 miles an hour, blasting rocky like a hurricane. And you're shocked that, you know, all of a sudden there's someone in front of you or you got to lock up the brakes. And it's like all the signs were there, man. You know, yeah. like my wife and I, when we're driving, it's pretty funny. One of us like everybody's braking but you. You know, on the freeway or something, it's like, oh, we're coming into traffic and I see a lot of red lights. It's like, okay, thank you. One of us has to slow yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> You're behind the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I I cringe every time I think of that scene. And I, I have thought of it so many times. I mean, he could have... So what if somebody does wave you on, like you just said, this guy waved him on into a bus getting hit by a bus if somebody waves you to go ahead and and turn or something who's responsible not the guy who waved you through because he's gone because when i get there you know later to do the accident report the bus is there and you're there and some guy in a hyundai is not and no you're ultimately Responsible. responsible for for that your vehicle your vehicle and yeah i mean i get it you know that's like you're not supposed to go but you know you want to let the guy go everyone leaves a little gap you know, and that's something I've seen downtown too with cyclists. They'll run every stop sign. We'll see them. We'll be riding or something, and they'll run every stop sign. And then a car will turn right in front of them, and they'll throw their hands up. Like, did you see that? And I'm like, yes, but I'm on a bike, and they just got on the street doing 45 miles an hour. So it's not. I'm not catching them today. You know, yeah. maybe I'll stretch and we'll get them tomorrow. But I'm like, but you realize that you ran every stop sign leading up to that, and someone's like, well, why didn't you give them a ticket? I'm like, some days they do, some days we don't. Depends on what we're doing, but. It's kind of funny. I, I I take the time to have that talk with them. It's like, you just broke any and every rule of the road. And, and it's funny, is the one, the last one I saw was a couple months ago, I, I knew it was coming. I could tell by the way that car was creeping and doing stuff. I'm like, he's going to turn right. He's, he got in front of the cyclist, and then he went to turn right, and there was a pedestrian, so he had to stop. And he still went. And that cyclist was plowing straight ahead. And it wasn't a close call, but, you know, obviously, you know, it was going to happen, but it's like, 
I could sense that coming from quite a distance away. You know, and, and if you're talking about being aware of your surroundings, that bicyclist realized, hey, this guy, I think he's going to be turning right. He's, you know, getting maybe I should slow down on my bicycle so he doesn't run me over. That would be a smart thing to do. Uh, you can get up there, get hit by the car and be right. We could issue that driver a citation for turning right in front of you because that car was in the wrong. But you're the one on the pavement. You're the one that has lost that, like they said, the lug nut rule. So, I, I, I mean, I've done that. I've, I like, to, I've never heard of that. And I like that because, yeah, that was, you know, four wheelers, um, when you're talking semi trucks, they've got more lug nuts than you. So they're going to win. Yeah. Well, you've ever seen a road rage like on the freeway and somebody swerves at another car. I've never seen a car swerve intentionally at a semi. Like, no. it just, you know, you <laughs> pick your battles. Pick your battles. Okay, we have a, a listener. Gil, what's what's your comment? Hi. Uh, a great topic. Uh, I'm an avid cyclist, and uh, I, I'm retired. I'm 65. I've been riding on Tucson roads for the last 30 years. And I have to agree with you. There are a lot of cyclists out there that do not bother to stop at stop signs, blow through red lights, and uh, they they create a a terrible image for those of us who do follow the rules. Now, having said that, as I pull up to a stop stop light, I look over to my left. I'd say half the cars are texting, and as they're as they get the green light and as they're heading out, half of them still have the phone in their hands, wandering over to the, they're pushing us over to the curb. And it is absolutely terrible what every, well, not only cyclists, but other motorists and, and pedestrians are in great danger because people will not put down their phones. That's so I mean, true. this should be a topic all by itself. Guilt. Gil, can I ask you a question? Yes. So you say you're an avid cyclist in Tucson. Have you ridden anywhere else in the country? I have. I've, I've ridden in Buffalo. I've ridden in Maine. I've ridden in. Um, I've ridden in um, uh, quite a bit in Colorado and Utah. So I have. Yes. Would you? Would, is it fair to say though that Tucson? I mean, we complain about all this stuff. Tucson is a great place to ride, though, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's people, I have a lot of friends that come here, they have second homes just to cycle. Yeah, it's a, it is a very it is a very bicycle-friendly city. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of areas to ride, so I do agree. Um, one of the things I like to do, if you're ever sitting at a stoplight and there's like two or three cards wide and the light's still red, let off your brakes yeah. for a second, creep forward yeah. about two or three feet and then stop again and see how many cars around you start to go also. And that'll tell you when people, because now a lot of people think they can text while they're stopped and they're, they're using that time to kind of catch up. And I think that might be kind of something new is when cars are first accelerating or coming off that stoplight, you might keep, keep an eye on them. Cause yeah, they might be using that time to text or whatever it is. So that's a great, that's a great point. Cause yeah, I see it a lot downtown where people are stopped and all of a sudden they look and Oh no. Oh, believe me, I have to take my water ball out sometimes and squirt the windshield because they're they're texting and they're wandering over towards the bicycle lane. It's 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 a severe problem for for everybody, and uh, unfortunately, the cyclists are the ones that uh, uh, get the worst of uh, that situation. But, did but, did uh, you say you squirt their windshield? 
with well, yeah, with the water bottle if I if they're coming over towards me. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> That's they true. Just to get their attention because they're pushing me over to the side and right. they're texting and they have no clue what the hell they're doing. True. That's true. And I've seen I've seen it actually both ways. I've seen people on bicycles and especially around the U of A. Hands are not on the handlebars, and they're texting as they're pedaling down the oh, road. Me, I, I agree. Yeah, the UVA is terrible. I stay away from there. I, I want nothing to do with being on a bike around the U of A because you're absolutely right. They they throw caution to the wind. They don't stop. I, yeah, they're texting and without hands and without, and not only that, without helmets, which is absolutely insane to ride a bike without a helmet. Yeah, especially in in city traffic. I have to to get here every morning. I have to drive southbound on Campbell. I have to pass the U of A, and there's a street that goes from from east to west, and it goes right into the U of A Mall University. And yeah, is that the name of the street? Yep. And all these bicyclists, and it's happened so many times. We've got the green light, so we're going. They've got the red light. They don't care. They're just crossing the street. And there oh, was there, right. there were like three cars abreast going southbound on Campbell. We all had to slam on our brakes because there was about a dozen or more bicyclists just blowing the red light and going on to the U of A mall. And it was like, what the heck? <laughs> I can't say what I well, said. Generally, generally those aren't uh, the ones that you see in the road gear and their kits, uh, the cycling kits. They're the ones that uh, they're going to be out there all the time. So uh, I'd say for the most part, everybody that's dressed up in a cycling kit, they, they follow the rules of the road. For, for the most part, the group that I cycle with, if you do not, you do not ride with our group. We don't want, we don't want people that, that don't adhere to the, the rules of the road riding with us. Do you, drive on, uh, do you ride on La Hacienda del Sol? I do. I ride on Hacienda del Sol. I ride on Pontotoc. I ride up Campbell because I live near Ventana Canyon, and I use that all. Uh, and cycle. And, and I, there is no bike lane, but I'm. I mean, I don't need more than twelve inches of that shoulder to ride down safely. And, uh, and then I ride down, and then I come back up because it's a nice warm up for hills. It is. It is. Yeah. It's dangerous, yeah. but. Okay, next time I see somebody on that road, I'll just yell, hey, Gil, is that you? <laughs> he'll, he'll spray That's your fine. windshield with his water he'll bottle and let you know. <laughs> no, only if you're pushing me off the side of the road will I do that. I don't do that unless unless you have, unless you're looking at your phone and not looking at traffic. And it's a good way to get somebody's attention. Yeah, it is. Very cool. Well, thank you yeah. for listening, Gil. I'm, yeah, great show. Thank you. I appreciate thank you, Gil. that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few. Hi, this is Sherry asking you to tune in to Law Matters Live Show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, Ronnie Zimba, who specializes in capturing behind-the-scenes action with her extreme photography, joins our conversation. Please support the Law Matters 1030 Challenge found on our website, lawmatters1030.org. All of us at Law Matters, thank you for your support. Your generosity truly makes a difference. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. 
As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. With more people shopping online and avoiding the stores, FBI Phoenix wants to educate and warn the public about online shopping scams. A couple prevalent scams to keep in mind are non-payment, non-delivery scams, when you pay for something but never receive it, gift card scams, a spoofed email could convince you to purchase gift cards for someone else to use, only get gift cards from reputable companies and give them as a gift, not for personal or business reasons, and social media scams. Beware of holiday promotions or contests. Do your due diligence when looking at an ad on social media. Ultimately, if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. The FBI suggests checking your credit card statements often, even after the holidays. Never give personal information. Check the reviews. You can learn a lot about a company by what others are saying. And lastly, if your gut is still weary, contact the company directly. If you believe you've been the victim of an online scam, report it to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center at ic3.gov. Hi, this is Sherry asking you to tune in to Law Matters Live Show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, Ronnie Zimba, who specializes in capturing behind-the-scenes action with her extreme photography, joins our conversation. Please support the Law Matters 1030 Challenge found on our website, lawmatters1030.org. All of us at Law Matters, thank you for your support. Your generosity truly makes a difference. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Okay, thanks for staying with us. Our guest today is Sergeant Ryan Sachs, not related to Sachs Fifth Avenue, unfortunately. <laughs> it was a common nickname for me, though. It was? Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's talk about texting and driving. And not just in your car, but on your bicycle, on your skateboard, the motorized skateboard, texting and driving. There's laws. There are. Why aren't they being enforced? Um, it can be a lack of resources, being at the right place at the right time. You know, I was like, why didn't that cop stop that guy? Well, I'm en route to something bigger at the time. Um, and you text, mean that homicide's more important? Um, there's other things, unknown yeah. calls, that kind of stuff. But yeah, there are there are other calls we need to go to. And we say texting and driving, it's the, it's the buzzword, but it really is distracted, you know, texting any, is... Any, you're eating your lunch while you're driving down there, putting on your mascara, reading the newspaper, reading a map. I've seen it all. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be an actual task you're engaged in, just your overall mindset while you're driving. Like I said, if you're sitting at a red light and there's a few cars next to you and you creep forward, watch how many of them kind of just think creep everybody's going. You. Yeah, you know, and that is we're in a world where we're inundated with inputs and stimuli from, you know, phones and everything else. Um, look at this. I was looking at one of the newer cars, the size of the touchscreen. It was like a widescreen TV on the front. And I was like, <laughs> that's cool, but that's a lot of information there. Uh, and the important thing with the distracted driving, and like you said, you see cyclists texting and driving, is not only does it distract you from what you're doing, it distracts you from what's going on around you. And as a cyclist, a motorcyclist, when you start to become responsible for other people's driving, 
I mean, we've all seen or been in a situation where you're like, that car is going to cause an accident. Like yeah, he's so going to turn, he's going to make a happen. turn or something. You can see it coming. And if you're texting, you're not going to see that. And you're going to be behind the curve of what you could do to avoid that. Yeah. You really need to be aware of your surroundings. And when you come to a stop sign or a stoplight and it turns green or it's your, your turn to go, look left and right. It takes a nanosecond. You might be avoiding that Yahoo's going to blow the red light or blow the stop sign and avoid an accident. One of my pet peeves, no pun intended, (laughs) is watching people with their pet dog on their lap while they're driving down the road. Fido's sitting there or hanging out the window, you know, but they're on the driver's side. Isn't there a law some kind of a pet law that says you can't endanger your pet like that? I know it's distracted driving for sure. Okay, he's thinking. I don't, I don't think that... <laughs> there's nothing you're going to see in a statue that I think that says the dog is not there. It is, you know, kind of like what... Did it lead to an accident? Was it was it something you were doing? Were you not paying attention to the roadway? Just that think kind of, of what's going to happen to that dog if there's an accident. Your body is going to go forward into the steering wheel, and he's between you and that steering wheel. Thankfully, in 21 years of doing this job, I have never... I've only been to one accident where a dog was hurt in the accident in the car. So I like dogs, but yeah. I, I mean, like dogs too, but I don't want them on my lap while I'm trying to drive down the road. That's and, yeah. and you see it a lot in Oral Valley. I'm not throwing them under the bus, but you do see it a lot up there. And I think that people should write a law or, or specifically, because I think that's endangering your dog's life. In Tucson is a very pet-friendly community. I mean, I it's, it's amazing how many calls we get once people leave their dog in their car. Oh, it's yeah. amazing how many people will call 911 because someone left their dog in their car for five minutes, ten minutes, or whatever it is. It's amazing. I mean, I people probably call those in more than when they see kids in cars unattended. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I think, you know, there should be something written up. Let's Let's start a petition. Don't don't drive down the road with, you know, your Great Dane sitting on your lap while you're trying to, or whatever, your poodle. I just think it's ridiculous. And that, to me, is distracted driving as well. It's as bad as eating your lunch while you're driving down the road. What about drag racing? We so, have a lot of situations here in Tucson with people drag racing. We have, and it's gotten a lot better. I know during the height of covid it, it was it was bad, and I'm not saying that from an enforcement capacity. I'm saying that from just driving around town. And um, I was coming home from Phoenix a while back, and I mean, cars were these two cars went by us. They were doing a hundred plus, and they actually one of them swerved at the other one. I mean, this is at by, by Picacho Peak on the freeway. They're doing well over a hundred miles an hour. Zero. I mean, just when you think of that driver's mentality of what what is swerving at another car at a hundred plus miles an hour, and we saw the results of that in some pretty high-profile crashes here in town, and and I think that that led to hopefully the numbers are down, and and it was it was shocking to a lot of people. And I, I know somebody opened up the drag strip out, I think it's southwest from here, so that kids would have a place to go if they had the urge to go drag racing. You but would I, think that, but I've been I was when I started out east, we had a lot of issues down on Old Vale and Houghton. And at the time when I was when I was pretty new, that one of the Fast and Furious movies had just come out, which led to 
you know, a lot of that. And the reason when you talk about like the texting and driving and, and all that other stuff and you're on a, a a bike is you're so exposed. You're not involved in that drag race. I hope not. I mean Yeah, if you are you're in trouble. Well if you're beating cars in the drag race on a bike, good for you. I mean but um <laughs> that's all different movies. Yeah, but you know, the the aftermath of that and and one of the things is if you've ever been to the scene of a of a collision where cars are doing I remember one, it was at Broadway in Camino Seco, and that car, I don't know how fast it was going, it was a Cadillac. All I remember is when I got on scene, of course the driver, who was intoxicated, was fine, right, because he didn't. But I actually saw parts of that car engine that had clean motor oil on them. Like, that's how much damage was caused to that car, that parts from the engine, from the internal part of the engine, were exposed. And if you're out there on a motorcycle or a bike, you have no ability to get out of the path of that destruction. I mean, you just, you're, you're so exposed out there. You had nothing to do with the accident itself, but there's nothing you can do. There's nowhere you can go. And there's no amount of safety equipment that's going to protect you from that. It's unfortunate, but that's, that's so true. So have they, the fines for doing stuff like drag racing, is it, you can have your license taken away. Well, we've had criminal charges. I mean, we've had. Hom- I mean, I think they've charged these people with with some t- types Reckless of homicide. homicide. I mean, yeah, you're doing a hundred miles an hour racing another car on golf links or whatever, and you slam into another car. That's not a car accident. That's not a. Oh, I'm really sorry. I spilt my coffee and I rear-ended you at five miles an hour. That is not a. Oops. That is a conscious decision to ignore everyone else's safety around you and just do whatever you want. So, what kind of penalty is that not just monetary because you're going to have to hire an attorney you you know you're away from your job so you might lose your job but you can spend time in jail well it's going to be a, it's a lot going to of be a, yeah i mean it's going to be a felony conviction to some degree there's going to be a plea bargain or whatever it is but yeah you you took it, someone's life and it wasn't an accident i mean there have been collisions or whatever where, where cyclists have been killed and the driver was in the wrong but it's they weren't you know, we've all probably been driving down the road and, you know, oh, I'm kind of on the shoulder. Well, if there was a cyclist there, you you could have struck and killed them. But that's a whole different thing than when you're doing 110 miles an hour down a busy street. Racing Racing another else. car. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just streets are not, they're not made. And, and other drivers are not looking for cars doing 105 miles an hour. Like you down said, speedway. You, see, you see a green light and you're like, well, I'm going to go. Well, you see a green light and you're like, well, I look both ways. I don't see any cars. Well, car doing 35 miles an hour versus a car doing 100 or 90, they might be outside your little realm of what you're processing and no one's going to be able to react to that and straighten that car out and avoid it. You're going you're gonna to overcorrect and you're going to flip or you're going to hit something. There's just no way you it's can... It's going to get ugly. Yes. Quickly. Yes. And it's it's too bad. Another place, oh my God, going down. Have you been down Aviation Highway? They should call it the Autobahn. <laughs> because it's just insane. I've never seen any bicycles on Aviation Highway, but the traffic is insane. They get on that road and they think that's it. They can just do whatever they need to do. Well, you've built what looks like an expressway. Right. But it's a city street with city street Signs, signs and limits and yeah patrol by city yeah but i mean you you get on that road and it, it's got the feel of i'm on the interstate I, right. you know 65 75 or whatever it is but the speed limits are capped i mean when you get to the end of aviation there it goes from what 55 down to 35 yeah 
<laughs> it's like, oops. I, I don't even know if street sweepers do 35 in that section. And, yeah, <laughs> and you have to turn. That's on the curve, yeah. actually. Yeah. But I was doing 57, and this guy passed me like I was parked. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, look at him. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, people driving in, in Tucson. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from. You, you need to be respectful of the rules of the road at the area where you're in. When I when I travel, and especially internationally, you have to be respectful of their laws. It's their area. So when you come to Tucson, you're from a different place. Respect our roads. Respect, yeah. you know, have some consideration for the bicyclists because they're out there. They might not always be doing the right thing, like the ones at the U of A. And I, I hate to tell you this, Gil, but they all wore the same costume. So they were some kind of a bicycle group because they all matched. <laughs> they were all breaking the law and they almost got run over. They were going to be several members fewer had we not slammed on our brakes. So what do you want to tell people as a summary? What do you want to tell people about driving in Tucson and, you know, all these vehicles that we have, the the skateboards with motors, the bicycles with motors that are passing all the cars? <laughs> Can the, Do you impound bikes if somebody gets pulled over for speeding on a bicycle? What no. do you do? No, um no, some people think like, well, can you, you can't get a DUI on a bicycle. There, you know, we don't we don't do that. We will cite them just like any other person. But you, there's really not an offense. Like if you're driving on an, a revoked license, it's a mandatory impound of your vehicle. But they're really that doesn't apply to cyclists, so to speak. So the only time I've ever we've taken bicycles, sadly, is as evidence in a pretty serious crash. Well, I would think you know you you. Take evidence from like a drug scene or, you know, somebody's doing some criminal activity. If you've got a bicycle that's going too fast, you can impound that and then paint it. So it's a police bike now with a little motor on it. <laughs> Maybe. No? Maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> one way of outfitting the department. As- <laughs> Maybe. Um, as someone who came as someone who came from, you know, the Midwest, we didn't have and I, and I grew up in the suburbs, which so we didn't have a lot of pedestrian or bicycle traffic. And in the winter months, I know up there it's real big in the spring to like start looking for motorcycles again because they're not out. When you come to Tucson and you're not from this area, you're not from, you know, a, a climate like this, the cars up there or the roads up there are for cars. Everyone uses them. You know, it's just everyone is is basically a car. You see some pedestrians here and there. Uh, Minneapolis is famous for it has a wonderful trail system for bikes and walking and that kind of stuff. But when you come to Tucson, you're sharing the roads. And especially when you get by the U of A downtown, those things, there are, you know, equally split between cyclists, pedestrians and cars. And so if you're from another state that is, you know, please stop before you go across the crosswalk. You know, it's real common. People don't observe the crosswalks up there because no one uses them. But they're they're used here, and they're used quite frequently. And yeah. we get a lot of near misses there. So we said, you know, come here, respect the road. And I, I know, you know, it's the topic of the show, but we have a lot of people here, and a vast majority of people do respect, and they do ride, and they do ride with more than I, you know, I'm driving, and I know I'm in the right here, but no, 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 go ahead, or I'll go around the cyclist, or, you know, most, vast majority 
of people are considerate of considerate and follow it's just obviously the the you know the oddballs that stick out or the flyers are the ones that get the most attention and you know get, get, the get their windshield get sprayed the, yeah if somebody sprays your windshield his name is gil <laughs> i'm sure he's not the only one who does that but i'm sure he is the other thing i, but I do it's wanna, a smart thing to do hey well it could be you could be getting yourself in a road rage situation there you know someone may may take offense to that and it may escalate the situation but that's true too let's talk about road rage that seems to be an issue in southern Arizona. People get mad and they do stupid things like shoot people or shoot at people or try to run them over, beat them up. What's what he's like, I don't know what to say. Years ago. No, I, I do know what to say. Um, years ago, I had a call. It was two guys. Some some guy pulled out another one. They honked. They exchanged. And the other guy, like for two miles, he followed him. And he and he he held up a bow and arrow like the bow of a bow and arrow. He didn't have the arrow. He just held the bow up, didn't point it at him, just shook it at him. And we happened to catch the guy. And I'm kind of standing there at a loss for words. And I kind of looked at the guy and I'm like, what are you going to do? Like you, you got in this, like <laughs> this guy pulls out in front of you, right? By his own accounts, he gives the I'm an idiot wave. You know, the like, yes, I just sorry. screwed up. I'm sorry. But you, yeah. you continue this for two miles down the road. And then when you pull up next to the guy, you shake a bow like in the air, like Braveheart, what's your end game here? Like, do you think that this other driver is going to step out of this car and you guys are going to have this Princeton Yale debate and you're going to go, you know, valid point on that. And I will, and the, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to work that way. It's, no, it's not. And so I tell people like, if you're going to continue it down the road, where's it going to go? Is it going to get better? Are you going to fix it? You know, and I've had the aftermath where people are chasing each other and then someone hits a curb and rips a wheel off their car. And it's like all of this because, Someone yeah. pulled out in front of you yeah. a mile and a half ago? Yeah. So, Use your head. Have yeah. you seen the movie Unhinged? I have not. Oh, you need to see it. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is so good. You may never honk your horn again, but it's it's something that people, when you think about road rage, this this takes it to the next level. It's something everybody should be watching. I. So rarely have I, I, I could almost say never, where I have had a, people get in a road rage incident and I'm like, well, thankfully this end, like you guys caught each other. Yeah. You know, like it just, it, it never ends well. Yeah. You have to think about it before. Well, and they've had contact with you for, you know, that minor incident. Let it go. You're probably never going to see them again. You know, don't escalate it. And yeah. And if you watch this movie with Russell Crowe, you'll realize that, you know, hey, that was really a, st- a dumb thing to do. Yeah. And it turned, look what it turned into. Yeah. And, oof. Okay, you say you train at the academy? I do. What do you do? What do you train? So I, I teach some basic stat, the, the statute education for the recruits, just the, this is our law for theft, this is our law for, you know, kind of the, a basic practical application. But one of the main courses I do is, is a basic search and seizure course the initial search and seizure the very basics of you know contacting people search warrants that kind of stuff which is a obviously it's a huge topic and is a huge part of our job so mine is the initial basic and then i also teach um our bicyclists on the department i teach the the safety course the basic 40-hour police cycle class which is a lot of it is on the roads downtown okay do you have different rules than the rest of us do we do have a few my question is, 
how come if you have to follow the rules of the road, a majority of bicyclists have never taken the test? Next question. <laughs> no, I, I think it's it's one of those things because you start as a kid and it, it is, you know, people always ask us too, how come how come bikes don't have to pay registration? Why do I have to pay for my car? And I said, if I know enough about the government, I know that if enough people cycled, we would find a way to charge them, right? Yeah. We, we had to, in Illinois, we had to register our bike and we had to take a class on bicycle safety, the mm-hmm. rules of the road. And out here, it's a free-for-all. And they're missing a whole whole category for resources. They could be implementing those no bicycles allowed on La Hacienda del Sol Road. <laughs> You're gonna. I guarantee you, if you try to ban bikes from a road in Tucson, you'll you'll it'll be a big. They'll all uphill, be riding. It'll, well, it'll be a big uphill fight because it is it is historically a very bicycle friendly community. It's uh, just dangerous, and what those bicyclists were doing was very dangerous for abreast. I mean, Which is a, is a clear it's a clear violation, you know. Some places there are places when you're in like downtown and you you can take the the lane if it's a big thing. But when you get out on those bigger streets, it's you know. It, and and even our cyclist who called in says, "Yeah, I don't agree with that," and then that gives us a bad name as cyclist. Yeah. Well, you have those that are considerate and are watching what's going on, and then you have those knuckleheads who blow the light and go on to the U of A campus. Well, and like I said, we use the term cyclist, but there's a big difference between a group of cyclists out riding and a child and their, and their parents walking through a neighborhood. You know, that we, if that, if a car backs up and hits the kids, we're like, Oh, a cyclist was struck. And it's like, yes, but there's define more- the situation. And you know, that happens a lot. Usually it's with law enforcement. Let's misrepresent what happened in this situation. And, you know, the media takes judgment on them. Well, if you do ride in, in Tucson and you're a cyclist and, and you see, and I tell people, if you see an article where a cyclist was struck, make sure you read that article and look at some of the underlying facts of that case because, you know. See what it's not saying. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, you're, like you said, you're, you're exposed. You're out there. So if you're out following the rules of the road and a car accident happens and that car gets pushed into you, and I, I saw this recently with a motorcyclist who had to jump off his motorcycle because a car was coming right at him. He had the situational awareness to know it was coming, but you're always going to be the victim to that. But if you're riding the wrong way, intoxicated on the sidewalk, you're at a much higher risk than someone who's following the rules of the road. Okay. That's about all we have for today. And if you're looking for a job, TPD is hiring. Always hiring. Always hiring. And they have a new boss now. Yes. Yay. And everybody's happy about that. Until next week, shop local, stay safe. And thank you for coming in. Bright thank you for having on me on. Saturday morning. I appreciate it. And thank you, Gil, for listening to the show. This is Sherry asking you to tune in to Law Matters Live Show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, Ronnie Zimba, who specializes in capturing behind-the-scenes action with her extreme photography, joins our conversation. Please support the Law Matters 1030 Challenge found on our website, lawmatters1030.org. All of us at Law Matters, thank you for your support. Your generosity truly makes a difference. Law Matters podcasts can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org.